You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. From the Creating Magic Vacation Studios in St. Petersburg, Florida, welcome to Travel Talk Weekly. Didn't that sound kind of like a talk show announcement? <laughs> you were trying. That was pretty close. This is show number 86, original air date June 1st, 2021. And I want to give my brother a happy birthday shout out. So happy birthday, Blake. Today is his birthday, June 1st. He's probably working at the Blakery. <laughs> he probably is. I know. He kind of <laughs> took up the sourdough making over the quarantine last year and opened up the Blakery. The Blakery. Okay, it may just be for friends and family. Just for but, us, yes. Oh my gosh, so good. But we have a fun topic this morning, and that is how to dine like a local when traveling internationally. And the broader meaning of that is to immerse yourself not as a tourist, but like a local. It's a term we use when filming for Chow Italy tours a few years back. Experience Italy like a local. And there are many things that scream tourist when you are in another country. And one of the major things is how you dine out. Another one is how you dress. We'll leave that one alone. And one thing just came to mind is when you're walking with a group on a shore excursion on a cruise, and you're all wearing your little number stickers on yeah. your shirt. <laughs> Hello, tourist. I remember the very first business trip that I took. That was like the big one. And I went to New York City, and I had never been there before. And I think I was like probably 22 or 23. And I remember my boss at the time said, now, when you go to New York, do not walk the streets and look up at the tall buildings in awe because you're going to look like a tourist and you don't want to do that. You will get pickpocketed. I know, right? So I was very conscientious about like, because I wanted to look up because I'd never seen such tall buildings all in one place, but I did not do that. Good for you. Before we get into the rest of the show, we have an announcement. Today is our three-year anniversary of launching our travel agency, Creating Magic Vacations. And we could not be more proud of our network of agents all across the country who have chosen to team up with us. And thank you for supporting our small business. We took a leap of faith a few years ago and left a franchise to start our own agency. And it was a risk, but we're super proud of every agent who's been a part of helping clients travel the world. As you and I were talking this week, we thought we should make a series of what we're going to talk about today for several popular destinations on how to dine like a local. I think something fun, too, that I learned from our friend Ryan over at All Things Travel, another awesome podcast with his friend Shane, is to also understand a little more about the history and culture of your destination and their dining and drinking habits. Yeah, and it is one thing that I learned from his podcast because he used to take his college students because he was a professor before yeah, Professor becoming, Ryan. Yes, Professor Ryan. And now he is travel advisor Ryan. But he used to take students. And a lot of times when you go to another culture, you may be like, well, why do kids that are like maybe 16, 17, 18, why are they drinking? Because we don't do that in the US. But that is part of their culture and their history. And when you understand that, you understand that that is normal for them. Or why 14-year-old kids are riding scooters and darting in and out of traffic in Italy. I know, and they're really good at it. I know. (laughs) So the tips we're going to talk about today are specific to Italy, one of our favorite places to visit, and how fun 
Would it be for you to do your own research to the country you are traveling to and learn all of these things before you go? It's going to get you even more excited about your trip. And try some foods you've never tried before. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with cena. Si. That is dinner. I know, right? I'm doing so good on my Italian. I know, you have a hundred and something day streak. I know. In Italy, if you're going to go to dinner at five or six or even seven, you are early. Dinner is a multi-hour experience served in multiple courses, usually starting around 8, which is also almost a little bit early. If a restaurant is open before that, it usually means they cater to the tourist market. Yeah, and so it's going to be touristy type food. I remember we were in Florence, and you and I were like, let's go to dinner. And it was probably like 5 o'clock, and we could not find any place that was even open for dinner. And then we did finally find one place, and it was right by the Ponte Vecchio, and they opened up like at 6 or 6.30. We were the first customers. And we were the only customers the entire time that we were there. That is true. Yeah. That, that was on our honeymoon. That was on our honeymoon when we did not know these great tips. So here are the multiple courses with both their Italian and English names. First is antipasti, or appetizers. Yeah, this is where you'll usually have things like maybe some cheese, carpaccio, some shrimp, bruschetta. Caprese, which is like your buffalo, mozzarella, and tomato, so fresh and so good while over there in Italy. And my favorite, charcuterie, which is a mix of meats and cheeses. You could live on charcuterie. I really could. It's like my favorite. But they are always going to serve this antipasti. I know a lot of people call it antipasti or antipasti or whatever, but the correct pronunciation is antipasti. And usually it gets paired with a lovely beverage of some sort. Usually vino. Usually vino, or sometimes it's a nice little cocktail that's unique. Next is primi, which is first course. This is usually pasta, or maybe even soup or risotto. We could do a whole section on pasta etiquette, but here's a good rule of thumb. If it's a long pasta, like spaghetti, leave it long. Do not cut it. Either twirl it on your fork, or ask for a spoon, which is cucchiaio. And you can twirl it in the spoon like a lot of people do. So, cucchiaio, por favore. The reason there are so many pasta variations is because they're made for their function. Cannelloni, or manicotti, is a stuffed tube made to hold in the ingredients, either meat or cheese. Tortellini is a small stuffed pasta, so you get the idea. Like cavatelli, little shell-shaped noodles are meant to hold onto the sauce. And this was something that I thought was very unique because normally here in the U.S., when you go out and you order a pasta dish, that is your main course. When you're in Italy, you can expect that that is just going to be the second course. So it is part of this multi-course experience. After your appetizers, this is your first course, and that may be kind of a unique thing, but you are going to have a pasta dish of some sort, and they're usually smaller portions, so don't think you're going to have this big, huge plate of pasta noodles, and then you're going to have your second course, and that's just something that's different, but something to look forward to, because when you do these long, drawn-out dining experiences, they are amazing. Next up is secondi, which is second course. And that's what we in the U.S. here would call the main course. Usually there'll be a steak, all different kinds of fish, uh, lobster, and crab. Also, crayfish are really popular over there. Not for me, but they're really popular there. Yeah, that's not my jam. We have had some really great seafood as the main course here, or the second course. This is something, though, that is definitely very different because of the way that it is served. Contorni means side dishes, and these can be served with your second course, but usually on a different plate and usually vegetables. 
like at a nice steakhouse here in the U.S., you have a steak with a big side of potatoes au gratin or asparagus served family style. So when you get your second course, which is the main dish, you're not going to get that fish and have your vegetables and sides all on one plate. And your pasta. Yeah, it's all going to be separate individual. And I like eating this way. I know you're a stacker. You like to have everything. You love like casseroles and things that all get mixed up. But I, I know. And I like to have things all separate. So for me, I like the way the Italians eat. And then finally, i dolci, what we would call desserts, but in Italian, it really means the sweets. Souffles, like we had one in Venice, you order that when you sit down because that takes a good 30 to 60 minutes sometimes to make. Probably longer. Also, gelato, tiramisu, things like that. And the souffles, if you were ever offered one, get it. Highly recommend. Get it. Yeah, definitely get it. Go so get good. It. <laughs> like Nike says, just get it. They don't say that. What, just do it? Just do it. Okay. Just do it. Just get it. That's my, then that's mine. <laughs> now, what you should notice here is that Italians eat in different waves. These different courses over several hours. They don't load up on everything all on one plate, like we mentioned. And actually, this is probably much less efficient for the waiter, but way more enjoyable for you. So, for example, you're not going to have this served at the same time like we do here, like chicken parmesan with spaghetti. Also, another one is you're not going to get spaghetti and meatballs. Meatballs are a course by themselves. So, you have the pasta as the primi and the meatballs as the secondi because they're giant. So let's talk some more dining tips so that you can dine like a local would. Dining etiquette. Yes. Number one is specifically asking for tap water. Usually what they'll do is they'll ask you if you want sparkling or still. So if you just say, oh, I just want tap water. um, You're going to look like a a tourist. tourist, Like Jeff Foxworthy. Here's your sign. I'm a tourist. I actually like the sparkling water. I know you do. You drink that here. Yeah, I do drink that here. But yes, still is going to be your regular water. And sparkling will be one that's a little more has a fizz to it. And if you ask for water and they say, do you want still or sparkling? And you say still, do not expect it to have ice in it. Yeah, do not expect ice water. Ice is a premium over there. I mean, even if you order a Coke, you're going to get like maybe one ice cube in it. Yes. So get used to warm beverages. There is an ice shortage in Italy. (laughs) So speaking of beverages, the next one is ordering too much wine with your food. One of the things that Italians do is they do love their wines because they are fantastic. Love that Chianti. But they like to pair a different wine with the different courses. So the wine that you would have with your appetizers, you may have a glass with that. And then you may have a different type of a wine with your first course. And then a different one with the second course, and then a dessert type beverage after that with your dessert. These dinners last a long time. So having those four glasses, three or four drinks is really not that much. It's not, but let's say you're just a a couple, two adults, husband and wife, and you're going out to dinner and you're listening to our rule and you say, oh, I need a different wine with each course. Yes, a different wine, not a different bottle of wine with each course. (laughs) And that's what we say by ordering too much. One of my favorite dining experiences that we had was we were with Guido with Chow Italy Tours and his wife, and we went to a very, very cool dinner and wine pairing experience right in Rome. And if you are ever heading to Rome, you must reach out to us so we can hook you up with this because we were in a building that had walls from like, what was it? The the foundation 
dates back to the first century. Yeah, and it was and so we cool. we went down there. We went down there, and this was one of the best dining experiences I have ever had. We have sent clients there, and it is the epitome of eating like an Italian. Our next tip is ordering a cappuccino either at dinner or after dinner. Yeah, that's a no-no. Or sometimes even after lunch. I heard this one suggestion is you don't have cappuccino after 11. Yeah, something in, in like morning, that. Yeah. And here in the U.S., we are Starbucks freaks, and people are getting cappuccinos, frappuccinos all the time and all day long. And I'm just going to go out on the limb here and say I don't think they're doing iced frappuccinos in, in Italy. They definitely are not. Cappuccino is basically it's an espresso-based coffee drink, so very strong and, and pretty thick. And is traditionally prepared with steamed milk foam. It's not really a rule, kind of a suggestion. When you're dining in Italy, milk after meals is simply not done. And this is because of the generally held belief that milk is bad for digestion. So ordering a cappuccino with your meal, really, really bad for digestion. Enjoy it in the morning and then opt for a cafe macchiato after a meal if you need the espresso to be cut with a dash of dairy. Or just get an espresso. Go for the espresso, but make it a double. <laughs> now, this next one is actually one that we've made this mistake. Many times. Yes, many times, because somebody loves their pepperoni pizza. Yes, he does. He might be in the room right now. Yes. <laughs> and that is, when in Italy, asking for pepperoni on a pizza. Because pepperoni is an American thing. In Italy, pepperoni means pepper. And it screams American tourists. They just don't have it. And if they do have what looks like pepperoni, you know you are in a tourist trap location. That caters to the Americans. Yes, very much so. They have so many other toppings on their pizza that are fantastic. And also just their simple margarita pizza is so good in and of itself. Here's a little fun fact about the margarita pizza. And a lot of people don't know why it's named that. So it's typically, it's a Neapolitan style pizza. Naples, made with San Marzano tomatoes, mozzarella cheese, fresh basil, salt, and extra virgin olive oil. Which, by the way, represents the flag of Italy. Yes, it does. A widespread belief is that in June of 1889, there was a chef in a pizzeria, and he invented the dish called Pizza Margarita in honor of the Queen of Italy, Margarita of Savoy. So now you know. Now you know. And our next tip is appropriately named... Because it's about tipping in Italy. Yeah. And if you've ever been over to Europe and Italy, one of the things that is different is the tipping policy. It's very common for Americans to be noticed as Americans when they are way over tipping, doing like kind of that traditional, hey, I'm going to do 18 to 20% for good service. Especially if they're using their American Express card. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 15 to 20% is normal in the US, but not in Italy. It's not expected, and it's a sure sign you're a tourist. So really, the only thing you need here is just a couple of euros, maybe one, two, three euros. That's all you need. Yeah, tipping is so different over there. And when you are ready to leave, you need to ask for the bill or the check. In Italy, they know you are there for the experience, and they are not going to, to as what we say here in the U.S., turn the tables, because waiters work for tips, so the more tables they can turn. The waiters are paid much more there than here. And don't rely on tips. A tip is more of a polite thank you. So when you're ready, all you have to do is say, il canto per favore. The check, please. One of the best things that you can do on your next trip to Italy, though, is to avoid those tourist trap places. And if you see restaurants that are right around, you know, things like the Colosseum or over by the Pantheon, 
If you see those places that are right on the corner, prime places, those are designed as tourist traps and you are not going to get the local experience. So step out, talk to the concierge at your hotel, look for places where the locals go and you will have a much better dining experience and plan on some long dinners and enjoying three, four hours. Some of those have been our favorites over in Italy. Like the one we had sitting out on a balcony in Florence where, and again, we were filming for Chow Italy Tours, but when we got there about eight or nine, appropriately, they had a receiving line of like five or six people on each side in the white coats. They escorted us up to our table. People thought we were, I don't know, movie stars, probably. I mean, we look like it, but you know, (laughs) and just the relaxing dinner and it's sometimes, especially if you're going in the heat of the day and you're walking around all day, usually, you know, like when we go to Disney, we're walking around in the heat and stuff. I don't really have that much appetite, but you have to do it anyway. And that one was so worth it. It was, it, it was, was so good. A really good resource is to watch Rick Steves Europe on PBS. And I remember he was saying specifically about Italy is you pretty much want a handwritten menu, like on a chalkboard in Italian. If they have a menu, that is in English, and it's you know pre-printed and all that. Then they're definitely catering to people that are that are vacationing there. Now keep in mind, pretty much everybody there speaks at least a little English, if not fluently. I'm looking forward to our next trip there, just so we can practice more of our Italian. And Italy is opening up, so if you are looking to plan a trip to Italy in the future, we think that the 2022 season is going to be huge for them. So if we can help you with that. We love Italy, and there are some beautiful places to see. It is a giant country and so many different regions that offer different dining experiences. So if we can help you with that, please reach out or talk to your Creating Magic Vacations travel advisor. Join us next week and all summer as we talk about the best thing to do in specific countries. I think next week we'll talk about Germany because we are going to Germany this week. Technically the one at Epcot at Disney. A little bit different. You can also check out our book, Just Add Water, on the Travel Fan Store. That's all about cruising. And we will personally sign each book for you. They also make great gifts for people that love to cruise. And we'll leave you with one of our favorite sayings. The world is a book, and those that don't travel read only a page. And let's get you back to the vacation like a real Italian.